Yes, Shredheads, Waxheads, Kooks and Barneys, welcome to The Swillians versus Jamie O'Brien. He's one of the best there ever was, maybe the best, at the deadliest wave on earth, Pipeline. It didn't come easy for him. Fights, broken bones, fractured relationships with the world's best, and that's just some of it. He's a pipe master, a piss taker, one of the greatest free surfers of all time, particularly when it comes to packing big round fucking orbs. And my favourite part, he's the son of a single father from fucking Frankston, Victoria. Welcome to the program, Jamie O'Brien. Thanks, Bada. How are you, mate? I'm good, just uh, wrapping up a day here in Hawaii at the pipeline. Oh, how was it today? It's been a pretty pumping season so far. We're absolutely going off today. It was like one of those days I had a hard time looking at the waves all day because it was so good, and unfortunately I hit my elbow on the reef the other day, and it's really deep, and I had to kind of just take the back seat and watch. True. All right, well, uh, this format of our show, we just fire questions at you from some of our listeners, and I've got one here from NoosaHeads69. I really like this one. Uh, he says, I was always interested and wanted to know how a bunch of white, non-native kids were able to dominate a Hawaiian lineup. I lived in Bali for a while, and no chance will ever a white guy be able to dominate a lineup there, island politics. My question is, was the way to the top and gaining the respect of everyone really just being the best surfer out there, or was there more to it? You know, I think just, you know, from growing up here and being born and raised, it definitely means something, but at the end of the day, I, I you know, my dad couldn't say it any better, you know, like, he would have never thought in 30 years or in his lifetime that we would get these kind of waves that we get nowadays, because when my dad first moved to Hawaii, people, you know... <laughs> not too many guys are getting too many waves, you know, and it was more of a heavier localized uh, or a wave as well, you know. So I think a little bit of, um, you know, unfortunate, um, you know, people getting pushed out of the community because rent's so expensive and and maybe not just, just I, I, don't, I don't really know that answer, but I feel like, you know, there are still some um, great, you know, and there's plenty of great Hawaiian surfers that, you know, rule pipe and get any way that they want to. I think it's just, um, uh, maybe you're watching too many of my videos and you need to look, uh, <laughs> look around a little more. There's, there's some greats out there still. So they're all there and they're all out there catching epic waves. Yep. Now, Patty McDee wants to know, uh, while Jamie's web series is all fun and games, there's some really substantive and sometimes heavy aspects to Jamie's past and current life. Does he have a plan on documenting the more real stuff and putting it out there? I feel like most folks would find that stuff captivating. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I really want to be um, working on a, a big documentary coming up soon and basically kind of just, just go through a different avenue and share with people, you know, that just kind of how, how it all happened. And, and, and um, you know, the goods and the bads and the things that scared me and the things that almost killed me and, and just kind of just growing up here and living that, you know, you know, the most deadliest wave in the world and being a part of it every day, 24-7. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Elliot Young wants to know, what is the pipeline pecking order currently? Uh, the pecking order at Pipeline is, um, you know, to me, surfing out there is always always uh, my elders that, that, that uh, choose to sit deeper than me, that's been surfing there longer than me, always have um, any way they want. And, 
you know, from, you know, Derek Ho to Michael Ho to, you know, even if Jerry Powell out, I think we'd all make sure he was getting whatever way he wanted. And um, unfortunately, and fortunately, I'm 38 years old and I'm one of the oldest guys in the lineup out there and, and, and one of the, you know, most, uh, I wouldn't, I don't know, like, I, I just been out there maybe the longest, you know, I'm 38, I've been serving when I was 8, 10, 11, 12 years old, I'm going to give myself a good 25 years solid at Pipeline, and there's not too many of those guys out there anymore. Hey, get back on protection, you man. I've got a follow-up question to that, where do you feel like you're at skill-wise, um, at 38 years old, at Pipe and Backdoor, you know, are you still getting better, or where are you at? You know, to, to be completely honest and transparent, like uh, I think, I think in the last, I feel, I feel great. I feel, you know, I could go pound for pound with John John or Kelly Slater or you know the world's best. Um, you know, turning into more rights, I, I feel, you know, Kelly and John have the upper hand on those ones. Um, just, just skill level and what they're doing in the tube. You know, I feel, um, I feel like. Feel like I could battle anybody in the world out there, and, and I feel very confident to say that. And you know, I'm not trying to be cocky. I just, you know, it's just something I've been doing for you know 30 years, and, and I'm very fortunate to live here at the beach at Pipeline and, and to surf the waves that I've gotten to surf out here and share it with you know amongst um, a tight group of amazing people. Jai Kuglay wants to know how many times does he get told to fuck off at Pipe when he paddles out on a 10 foot foamy. I think when I pow out the pipe on the 10 foot phone, I think people are kind of mad, maybe. I'm not sure. I'm just out there doing my thing. And, and um, you know, maybe I would say about 50% of the lineup probably thinks that, maybe maybe 80%. But, you know, I, I've, I've um, you know, been serving here my whole life. And, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of respect I get. And I think people respect how well I actually ride those with the wave on the south side so they know it's not like I'm going to blow the wave so um, yeah it would be interesting to know what everyone thought but I'm not too worried about it I'm just out here doing my thing and uh, Chris Dennis wants to know what was Jamie's motivation for not wanting to get on the CT um, you know my motivation not wanting to get on the CT one maybe maybe I lacked a little bit of skills in the small wave stuff you know to, to get to where I needed to be but you know, then, then you know, I got people that beg to differ. I had the skill and I had the talent, um, but I just didn't apply it. You know, it could have been from coaches to, um, you know, just not wanting to do it. I think there's a, there's a, a, there's like a, there's a certain amount of years you get to live on tour. And, you know, depending on how good you are at surfing contests and how good of a surfer you are, uh, basically you owe your life to, you know, the tour and, Everything you do is involved in around building their brand, where a lot of athletes forget to build their own brand. And I kind of chose the path to build my own brand and, you know, make my own path. And to me, you know, being 38 years old, if I would have went off tour for, you know, five or 10 years, I think they would have ruined my brand. And as far as, you know, just, just having, you know, the control of my own career in my hands right now, I feel like I'm. I made the right decision. I feel really good about it. Yeah, unreal, man. And um, Tooth wants to know, who is he more scared of as a grommet, Johnny Boy Gomes or Kaibor uh, Garcia? And did he really burn Johnny at pipe? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, honestly, man, they're, they're, both, they're both scary. Um, 
I had Johnny Boy Gumstrand and um um attack me one day after the pipeline masters and it was, it was one of the scariest things i ever experienced because to me you know he was um my favorite surfer he was you know a big portion of why i lived at pipeline and you know we got into a little something and i thought i was gonna die and i was probably the most scared i've ever been in my life to not leave my house because johnny boy gums was looking for me and um you know it's just crazy how the world works and you know johnny is like He's always been an idol and an icon, and still, you know, he's the reason why I serve Pipeline, and I still look up to him, and, and we're, we hold a, a, a great friendship again, you know, so it's just things like that, and you know, it's just kind of scary, so I would say Johnny Boy, because he was the most fierce person at Pipeline, he would break your fins out, he'd break your face, he would, he would do everything and all of the above, and whatever it says to scare you, he was, he was that guy, whether he was, you know, getting spit out of 10-foot laps, or eight foot rights and doing backside full tails like no one's business like he was the most intimidating surfer to me when i grew up wow that's wild um uncle jay walker wants to know if there was an underground charger award at pipe who would win so far this winter you know again every winter after every winter i would honestly give the underground charger to lucas godfrey the kid just surfs pipe and backyard so much he's so talented and you know, he's, he's, you know, worth his weight in gold if someone decided to sponsor him. And, and um, you know, he's out there getting Jesse's barrel that's not way more barrel than anybody out there, including me. Because <laughs> he surfs there so much, and he's dedicated, and he's doing it for the love. And uh, I think Lucas is the guy. Lucas, sorry, what was the last name? Godfrey. Okay, wow. Mental. <laughs> Another question. Oh, we've got one here from a guy you might know, Chris Cote, and he wants to know, uh, how about the time we attempted to light up Pipeline but blew the money on a big party instead? Uh, can you explain that one? Yeah, so it was actually really funny. Um, we had this idea with Red Bull to um, light up Pipeline at night, and it was like myself, Bruce Irons, Ian Walsh, um, a big group of surfers, and I actually ended up on that same day. I won the Vulcan Pipe Pro, so it started turning into this crazy party at my house. And then it just so happened that we had a DJ because the DJ was supposed to show up to play um, for the night surfing uh, thing with Red Bulls, and then it turned into like this crazy party. And you know, I really, honestly, try not to ever, you know, drink and do anything active. So it turned into surfing six six foot plus pipe at dark, um, under the influence. And it's probably one of the dumbest things I ever did and I got absolutely smashed in the reef and and um, you know, there was a couple, you know, decent ways written, but it turned out to be um, a complete failure maybe on the one side of things, but then the party was absolutely happening and, and you know, they say Ibor told me that you don't know how if you don't know how to win. So you know if you don't know how to party, then you don't know how to win. And I always took that into consideration. I was like, well, I think we won that night. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's like uh, some Dalai Lama shit. That's wild. Oh yeah. And I guess just a follow up to that from Blind, he wants to know: Is is he an Australian citizen? Can he do an Australian accent? And uh, is that why he's a bit crazy? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, you know, that's actually really funny. I think um, 
when I was younger, I used to go to the bar and I, 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 I'd meet someone from Australia. And I'm like, oh, I'm from Australia too, mate. And they're like, no, you're not. I'd like, yeah, I am. And, uh, and then and it was kind of funny because I always brought my Australian passport with me out to the um, nightclubs. And so just because, like, I don't know, I just, it was just my form of ID because I gave my other form of ID to my buddy. And, um, and I'd always bet them a, a couple rounds of drinks and I'd always win because I'd pull out my Australian passport and they were just so flustered. <laughs> and I definitely don't have an Aussie accent by any means. I probably have the worst one on the planet Earth. But I think it's cool. I got an Australian passport. I could move to Australia. I could live there. I could work there. I could, you know, you know, be be a citizen as I choose. And I think that's a really cool benefit, you know, being half Aussie, half American. Yeah, I mean, can you tell us a bit about your old man's story, Mick, where he's from? Because, uh, I mean, from my memory, it was a pretty crazy journey, like Frankston, uh eventually in, settled in Hawaii right around about when uh, the busting down the door saga kind of kicked off. And he's like one of the only Australians living on the North Shore, working as a, a waiter there at Turtle Bay, was it? And then, uh, and then the, f- the fucking baptism of all fires down there at uh, work in a winter at, I think, Rock Piles or somewhere as a lifeguard. It's such a bizarre run of good luck, but um, some serious adversity in the mix too. Yeah, too, super simple, I, I, I guess. And 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 then the story kind of goes, you know, my, my dad was born in Colorado. My 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 grandpa was in World War Two, and during World War Two, my grandpa um, went on a mission to. Um, this is like obviously before they met, but my grandpa went on a mission um, and flipped in a war vessel to Australia and met my grandma. And then after the war, he said he would come back and and um, marry her. So my grandpa went to Australia and you know got got with my uh, my grandma and then they ended up having uh, kids and they lived in Australia and, I, and um, my um, my mom is from Phillip Island and my 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 grandpa grew up there as well with her or like they lived their, their life together and then they had uh, my dad which was born in Australia and then. Um, yeah, so then my, my, my dad my dad grew up in Australia, um, at Bell Beach and, and Geelong, um, with all the owners of uh, the, the co founders of like Rick Thrill and, and and whatnot down there back in the day. Wow. Um, uh, I, I, I can't remember all the names. But anyways, um, so he had a really cool thing growing up there and then my dad wanted to retire in Hawaii, so uh, my dad was with my mom at the time, and I was like, hey, um, you know, if you want to move from Geelong to Hawaii, we'll set you up a job at Turtle Bay, we'll get you all sorted and, and uh, get you on your feet. And so my dad said, okay, let's go. And my mom was like, let's go. And they moved to Hawaii, and um, his first job was working at the pool bar at Turtle Bay. And um, that was kind of the beginning, and I was like, you know, there wasn't too many Australians around here on the North Shore, and there was, you know, the all the Aussie guys like um, Rabbit and and you know like when you go to a country and you're from a country or, or you're out of you're out of a country and then you're like you, you kind of like you bond to these kind of people. So my dad's hanging out with Rabbit by Solomon and and all these like Aussie legends and and then the, the, the whole like the whole thing breaks out big Aussie fights. My dad's like an Australian trying to like you know safe thing over here and they're kicking everybody out and sending them home, beating them up and. It's just like this whole crazy thing just unfolded, and then my dad was a big part of that. And I think Rabbit by Solomon, um, you know, gave to my dad. My dad can see those in the book, you know, because he was like one of the only other Aussie guys to see. 
He must be the only Australian to ever get a job on the North Shore lifeguards, too. Yeah, that's a good call. Yeah, he was definitely definitely the first Australian North Shore lifeguard ever. And um, yeah, it actually was kind of funny because I think he went from the full bar, working at the full bar, to working as a lifeguard at the full. And then, then he, next thing you know, he's like working as a lifeguard on the beach at Pipeline. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's super mellow transition there. I guess, yeah, who's the alpha male in the pipeline lineup these days? That one comes from Brendan Howitt. Oh, the alpha male. Well, I would just kind of honestly, like, I, if I could just say something off the top of my head, it would be Michael Ho. Um, and, if, and if Mike Ho ain't out there and, and Smile Perry's out there, it would be a Smile Perry. You know, it all depends who decides to show up on that day. It's just... It's just you know, then you, you could actually get some looks that haven't surfed there in years, and, and they, they just show up and dominate. And, you know, the Rothman, you know, Makua comes out there and gets any way he wants as well. So it's, it's, it's all kind of like, it's all kind of on its day. It's a little different. It's not, everyone's not surfing at the same time. That's really interesting that someone like Tamayo Perry, you know, he's a, an icon from the late 90s, early noughties, can come back into the lineup there and still command respect and, and some of the best waves on any given day? Yeah, for sure. Smile is like legend status. Everyone knows who he is, and if you know, you'll know really quick. Yeah, and he had that fucking shocking injury, didn't he, where he almost got scalped out there fucking from some kook's board. That yeah, was so heavy. heavy. Sick, man. Well, thanks so much for your time, Jamie. Absolute uh, absolute privilege and pleasure to have you on the show, man. And uh, fucking, what what else can you uh, let us in on in the near future? Oh, not much. Just um, making YouTube videos and trying to live the dream every day here in Hawaii. Stay positive and, um, yeah, just, <laughs> just trying to stay alive. <laughs> and a quick tip for the Pipe Masters? Quick tip for the Pipe Masters. I would assume John John Florence is going to win the Pipeline Masters, and um, he's just so good. It's just it's, it's unfair <laughs> to the world. Sick man, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. All right, brother. Have a great day. You too, man. See ya. Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? 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 You've gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You just gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Oh, you gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. 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 You've got to be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on, you gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? You kidding me? You kidding me? Kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you fucking 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 kidding me?